Hey, hey, hey guys, what's going on? It's the Brown Girl from the Brown Girl Experience, and I am back with another episode of Shit the Brown Girl Says. Um, so okay, can we can we talk about the elephant in the room for just a second? Can we be honest with each other? Or can I be honest with you? Because I feel like I feel like as you guys are either watching me on the video live or listening to the podcast, I feel like there's somebody that's judging me. Like, hey, brown girl, you told us in January that you were going to be real consistent. You told us that you were going to have con- consistent content coming out. You told us that you were going to do better. And here you are being the Beyonce and Solange podcast and, and just dropping shit randomly. Um, what's going on, girl? So, yeah. Let can I can I be honest? Can we talk? I didn't have anything to say. Like I had a lot to say, but I didn't have a lot to say. And the reason why is like you guys know I pick topics and I pick subjects based off of how I'm feeling, like based off of what I'm going through and like if it's something that I can relate to that's out in the, you know, out in the world, then I'll bring that and we'll talk about it. But yeah, I haven't been I look, I don't have shit to say. And I'm going to tell you why. The last year or so with doing the Brown Girl Experience, like I have really, um, really started peeling back the layers. And when I say peeling back the layers, like I was delivering my most transparent and my most vulnerable self. So I told you guys about my biggest fear of falling in love. Like I was fucking terrified of love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was afraid of falling in love. I was afraid of loving someone that wasn't going to love me back. I was afraid of loving someone and losing them because it really wasn't the person I was supposed to be with. Like, I was afraid of everything about love there was to be afraid of. And, you know, I was honest about it. And I was honest about my why I was terrified of it. And it was one of those things where I'm like, that's a layer that I peeled off. And when I peeled that layer off, something very interesting happened. I allowed myself to love. And it was very interesting because not only did I allow myself to love, but hey, girls, I found myself loving two men at the same time. (gasps) Yes. Can that be true? Scandal? Is it? Not scandal because I'm single. So I fell in love with two men, two men that did two completely different, that brought out two different sides of me, two dope sides of me. You know, one guy just, he just adored me and loved me and like to him he wasn't like he was very open and vocal about it and everything he encouraged me and he loved me and he was very affectionate like he he brought that part out he brought my softness out he brought that very soft and pink side out of me and allowed me to to be girly And then the other man that I fell in love with, he challenged me. Like he was like, I could say, oh, you know, I did this. And he would just challenge me, like, you know, dig deeper, do better. Like, you know, you just can't do one thing and think that's it. Like you got to commit to it. Like he pushed me and like he taught me, like I learned from him. And so like these are two completely different men, but both of them fed parts of me that I didn't know needed to be fed. So before I realized that, I realized that I loved them both. And I loved them both and I dated them both. You know, I dated them both. Yes, I slept with them both. Um, which isn't crazy. I'm single. Um, and I was protected. So it's one of those things where I'm an adult. 
It's what we do. It's how we live our lives. And the thing is that I was able to acknowledge that, yes, I love both these men, these both these amazing, amazing men. But I also acknowledge that these men were not the one. Um, neither one of them are the one, but it doesn't stop me from loving them any different. And I was just so amazed at the fact that not only um, could I date two men at one time, because that's something that I never really did. I never really did uh, multiple dating, but the fact that I could love both of them the same at the same time. And there was nothing wrong with it, nothing dirty about it. It was still like, to me, it was still beautiful and I wasn't scared to do it. So that was an experience that I was able to do because I went ahead and let go of that fear. It was, I went ahead and put that fear and that insecurity and that weight off of my shoulders and put on the table for somebody else to just learn from. So yeah, I was able to remove that layer. Um, what else? Then I talked about I talked about infertility and not just any infertility. I talked about my own personal struggle with it. I talked about the fact that I have polycystic ovary syndrome and which is serious. And like, because that is what number one, PCOS is what caused my diabetes Two, um, PCOS was keeping me from ovulating. And, you know, I was, you know, I was young and I was, went through a whole, a whole doctor telling me to get a hysterectomy in my 20s. Uh, You know, fast forward to 40 years old, and I'm having a conversation with my GYN just last month. And she was saying, Erica, I noticed that you put that your cycle has been coming on every 21 days. I was like, yeah, 21 days. It sucks because, you know, and then I, I make a joke with her. I was like, 21 days. And I was like, don't leave you much time to go ahead and get it popping. And she was like, she's like, she laughed and everything. My GYN is amazing. But then she was like, but do you realize that means if you're having a cycle every 21 days, that means you're ovulating. Um, I have not had a consistent or regular cycle in the better part of 15 years. So the treatment, and it's a vitamin treatment that she's given me, starts to work. And so it gave me a different thought about, wait, you know, having kids is something that can be in my future and everything. So it that was another layer that, you know, I put that out there. Uh, you know, I shared my my journey with it. I shared my disappointments with it. I shared the fact that I don't go to baby showers or kids' birthdays and stuff like that because it's hard for me. You know, I, I shared with you guys that I had miscarriages. And what was so crazy, I shared on my podcast that I had miscarriages. And I didn't even tell my closest friends that I experienced miscarriages. Um, and from one of my close girlfriends who is like my sister, like when she heard the episode, she, you know, she called me and I'm on the phone and I'm like, I'm about to cry with her because she was letting me know that I wasn't by myself. And it was like amazing because I would have never, I would never experienced that had I not take the things that were weighing me down the most and shared them on this podcast or this platform that I call the Brown Girl Experience. Um, like the bond that I have with her just got tighter because it's like I wasn't alone. And, and she, basically she told me, she's like, you don't have to go through that alone. So I'm getting, getting emotional. Let me get my life together. But yeah, so it was that. Um, what else? I shared with you guys. Um, I shared with you guys my struggle with, with mental illness. Like, like it, it was real for me. So, you know, I talked about my depression. I talked about being a therapy alum. Um, but more importantly, I talked about my suicide attempt. And the fact that I talked about that 
I received an email from this woman who she was like, I didn't, she's like, I, she's like, I did the same thing. I, she tried the same thing. She had a suicide attempt and she's like, she never talked about it because that's the one thing that black people don't do. We don't commit suicide, but the numbers say that we do and we are, and we're doing it in increasing numbers. So the fact that I shared that piece of myself that I was the most ashamed of, um, and somebody else was able to relate to it and somebody else was able to talk about it. Uh, I received another email from someone to the point where it had me in tears because her own daughter tried to commit suicide and she didn't know, even know how to start to address it. And she's like, and the fact that she sat there and she listened to me and she cried with me because she knows that's something that her daughter is going through. And she's like, and now she knew how to start the conversation with her. Like, those are things that when I get that kind of feedback from doing this, this telling my story, sharing my truths and, and doing these podcasts and doing these videos, when I, when I get that feedback, it's one of those things where I don't ever expect anybody. I don't, I don't realize people are listening and I don't expect my stories to really touch anybody, but at the end of the day, they are. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, it's overwhelming at times and it's very emotional for me. And like, I'm just a big old waterhead these days. Like I cry so fucking easy these days, but you know, but that's another layer that I took off. That's something I was ashamed of that I no longer have to be ashamed of because one, I'm not alone, you know? And it's not that I'm not alone. It's like there are other women that needed that story. Um, I talked about the reason I have my dog, like Chase, like everybody jokes and laughs and everything talking about you treat him like a little a person, but that dog saved my life. Like where I, the doctors couldn't get the medication right for me. I was struggling. Like I was either a complete zombie when it came to my, um, dealing with my depression, I was either a zombie or I was just like all over the place and, and everything. And the person that recommended getting a dog was a nurse that was there and it wasn't she wasn't making it a medical recommendation she was like this is very untraditional um she's like but I've been through I've been where you are and she's like and one of the things that I did she's like I got myself a puppy and I was like a puppy and then she was like because now with that puppy and the combination of the therapy and the combination of getting the the right balance of medication she's like I had somebody that I had to be responsible for because that puppy couldn't do it on his own um, and so I got Chase. He was a rescue, but he rescued me. So it went from and not just having him rescue me like that, but weight loss. Like my health got better because, you know, this is a dog that I didn't know. You know, part of his breed, part poodle, they get bored and tear shit up. And he was tearing shit up and the vet said he has to go walk more. So that's when I started walking these two, three miles every morning, taking this dog for a walk before I realized that I was down 60 pounds. So, yeah, I shared those stories. Um, I share my stories of still having to deal with mean girls in my 40s. Like, you know, it's crazy that it happens. But, you know, I shared a story about how this lady, you know, I was at a party and everything and... Like, she made sure that I was always aware that she was on her phone and who she was talking to on her phone and how she would, like, put her phone so I could always see it. Bitch, you knew I was going to look. Everybody look at a phone. Like, 
I wasn't on. I look at anybody's phone. If you on your phone next to me and you doing all of this and everything with your phone, I'm gonna glance. If you put that phone face up in front of me, I'm gonna glance when it start when all the alerts start going. I'm gonna look down. Is what I do. Sorry to tell you. Um, and I think the average person does. And but I, I think ultimately the reason why that person wanted me wanted me to see it is because they were sleeping with the same man that I was sleeping with. But what they didn't know is I'm single. I always expected him to be sleeping with other people. That's why I use condoms. Um, and I continued to sleep with him. It is what it is. Like, the dick was good. The dick was amazing. And he was a, uh, he was an amazing man. He was an amazing man responsible for my orgasms. And look, he delivered consistently. So I consistently continue to fuck him. Um, yeah. And so, I, dealing with mean girls, you have a choice. You, I could have easily been like, oh, you messing with so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. I could have easily fell into that. But maturity says, hey, girl, this man is single. You single. Shit happens. Like, you know, it's just that found out that shit happened a little bit closer than where you stay. But you know what? She wasn't a friend of mine. You know, so I, I learned how to deal with that. And, like, it was a funny story and everything. But what was so funny is, like, other women related to that. Like, oh, yeah, I've had to deal with mean girls, too. The shit never ends. Um, but it just gave another flip side of how you can handle it. Like, the one thing about being single is you got to remember one thing. You're single. You're out there dating. Which means the men that you're seeing, they're also dating too. So as long as there is no commitment or discussion of exclusivity, stay protected, wrap it up, and just make sure that you continue to do it as long as it's seen, as long as you're happy with it. Like once it no longer makes you happy, walk away. That's the joy of being single. You know, you don't have to, you know, make a whole big thing or do a whole big breakup. You know, it's just a simple thing like, hey, you know what? We had an amazing time while we were doing this, but it doesn't work for me anymore. That's it. So, yeah, and I shared that stories with you guys. So that's another layer that I took off of maturity because old brown girl popped off. Old brown girl would have turned everything around because that's that. That's how I dealt with mean girls. Mean girls caught hands. It's just the way I used to be. But... You know, as you get older in your 40s, vested in your pension and, and got a little bit of shit to lose, that's when you're like, you know what? Go ahead, girl. Um, so, yeah, I shared those stories with you guys. Um, I shared the insecurities about my weight. Like, look, it's a struggle. It really, really is a struggle. Like, I know, I know, I, you know. We all, like, and, and hey, girls, I'm talking to you right now. This is us talking. This is us. Can, can we talk for a minute? Can we be real for just a second? Um, my weight, I struggle with it. Like, my weight became such an issue, and I didn't realize it was such an issue for so long until somebody told me, like, you were heavier, and I seen you out there doing more. As you lost your weight, it seemed like you became very concerned with your body image. You became very concerned with how you looked and stuff like that. And I, they said they noticed me kind of fade in behind the scenes. And I didn't realize um, that I became more insecure about my body. Like I wasn't taking, I wasn't getting naked having sex. Like, look, I was, I was too. Two pounds from being 300 pounds. At one point, I'm pretty sure I was over 300 pounds, but I don't want to claim that. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, 
in my 290 something butt ass naked like I would get on top of you and everything as I lost the weight no I, I started finding myself having sex with my shirt on because I didn't want my stomach to be seen like how do you gonna suck my titty if my shirt is on but there I was I was doing that and like then you know and that insecurity about my weight started spilling over into other aspects of my life so now I've had that insecurity. This is it settled in and made a home with me. It was like, hey, fat girl. So I started dressing more conservative. Um, you know, I I started. Can we be honest? I was just like a fifteen-year-old little boy. Um, jeans, t-shirt, chucks every day. That was my uniform. Um, that's what I liked. I was comfortable, and I was comfortable because that meant that nobody's really looking at me. And when you're insecure about your body and when you're insecure about your looks and when you don't feel pretty and you into you, you don't represent what pretty is, is put in your face every day. So I was okay with being the funny girl. I was okay with being smart. I was okay with being the girl with a good personality. Um, I just didn't want you to focus on me. I didn't want people to be staring at me too long. Like I couldn't even accept the compliment of, hey, beautiful, or good morning, beautiful, or you're gorgeous. I couldn't accept any of those. And I'm like, and I would catch myself making jokes like when somebody would say, oh, you're gorgeous. Yeah, I'm pretty for a big girl. Like I was, I was making these jokes as a defense mechanism. And I shared those stories with you guys of how I had to, um, overcome. I had to deal with the fact that, yeah, girl, you're 242 pounds at 5'7". Like, I weigh as much as a six foot, what, six foot one man should weigh and everything. And I had to really, really look at myself. And I had to really learn how to accept myself. Um, and the funny story is, like it was my 14 year old niece um, that did it for me. She doesn't even know that she was responsible for it. Like this little girl, to me, she's perfect. Um, she's smart. She's talented. And she knows who she is. And that's the part. That's that part that changed it for me because like I, oh, I caught myself about to put my insecurities onto her. Um, because it's something that she wears that I just didn't get. Um, but then I was like, no, don't do that. Don't put those insecurities on her because she knows who she is. She knows that she's amazing. She knows that she is the complete whole package. And I took that lesson and I applied it to my own life. I went in the very next day. I went in front of a mirror. I took all of my clothes off standing in front of the full mirror, and I looked at every stretch mark. I looked at every lump, every bump. I looked at how my stomach covers my cooch. I looked at everything. And I turned around, and I looked at the rolls on my back that I didn't even realize I had that many rolls back there. Um, But I looked at them. And I made a decision at that moment. Right now, because this is who I am, and this is what I look like, bitch, I love it. You know what? And... I did something different. I started embracing the curves. I started going back to, you know, being a little sexier and everything. I started not wanting to be behind the scenes so much. I started putting myself out there. I started being honest with who I was and what I looked like. Um, I started posting the full body pictures instead of just 
up in here and everything. Like, yeah, you see my little gut? Yes, I got a little fupa, but it's good pussy underneath there. You lift that up and you keep it moving. But, I mean, okay. I'm crass. I can't help it. But... It was just one of those things where I had to, I had to take all of me in. Um, I had to take all of me in in order to be comfortable with who I was. And it wasn't until I took all of me in and saw the beauty and who she was standing, um, looking right back at me, that I was able to start doing things differently. Start doing things differently at work. Start doing things differently in my personal life. Start shopping differently. Like, I stopped getting the vintage t-shirts and the jeans, and I started wearing heels again. And I started dressing sexy again. And I started, like, you know... Picking out clothes that I normally wouldn't do. And I started looking at a style. Like, I figured, bitch, you starting over. Why not? So, yeah. But I shared that with you. Um, and again, that was another layer that was taken off of me. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about it so much. Um, and we talked about it so much. But the the point of what I'm saying is... In these past, you know, past year doing the Brown Girl experience, I have been continuously taking off layers. I've been continuously addressing my fears, my insecurities, the things that were weighing me down, the things that were holding me back. And I was taking them off and I was not putting them back on. So at the beginning of this year, when I said I was going to create more content, I was going to be more consistent and I was going to be doing this, I was going to be doing that. I was like, yeah, here we go. It's going to be Brown Girl experience time. We popping. I didn't have anything to say. I didn't have anything to say because I grew so accustomed to talking from a place of pain, a place of tragedy, a place of um, difficult experiences and insecurities. I grew very accustomed to talking from that place. And I was no longer sitting in that place. Now I was sitting there naked. Now I was sitting there brand new. Um, And I didn't know who I was. Like I survived myself. Like, is that's deep. Like, when I, I have to say that again, me, Erica Dawn Butler, survives Erica Dawn Butler because all the things that I had, that I allowed to weigh me down, nobody put those on me. I put those on me. Those are all the things that I wore. Um, and I was like, bitch, who are you? Because what people don't talk about is after you go through this complete healing process, and you let those things go. Nobody talks about what's next. Nobody talks about how this whole world is out there. And you're looking at it with brand new eyes. Like I look at love different. I look at friendship different. I look at work different. Um, I look at me different. Like I've experienced the same things that I've experienced in these past 10, 15, 20 years of my life. But it's different now. Like, I have a different voice. I use my voice different. Excuse me. Um, I'm not silent. I speak on things that matter to me, and I speak about things that matter, and I didn't have anything to say, and I'm not just going to put anything out just for the sake of putting it out. I had to take a step back. I had to take a step back, and I had to look at me, and I was like, here we are. We survived it. We made it through. We are not the victim in our story anymore, bitch. We made it. Like, we are our story. We are our cautionary tales. We are our lessons learned. We are 
we are different. We are newborn. It's like Phoenix life right now. Um, and it's just like, I had something different to say. So here I am. I'm back. I might go away again. Who knows? And it's because at the end of the day, I always tell you guys one thing. I got a whole career. I got to worry about that first. I decided to go back to school against my own better judgment, but here I am. So I had to take care of that. I have a full plate. Um, But I am going to make sure that I'm as consistent as I can be as it fits in my life. Um, And I got some stuff coming out. Like one of the things that I'm really, really excited for is I don't want to call it a seminar. I don't want to call it a workshop because I'm not a life coach. Okay. I'm just some girl who survived herself that knows how to ask the right question. And I want other black women to feel comfortable expressing and um, talking about their stories and their experiences without being shamed. Like we like, Hey girls, you know, the pressure that we had to deal with. We had to deal with everybody telling us how we should be living. And all these people that's telling us how we should be living and how, what we should be doing. Ain't none of them black women. So I wanted to create something for us. And I'm very scared to do it. Like, I am terrified to do it because it's so different and it's so new for me and it's outside of my comfort zone. But I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it when um, I get back from vacation. So once I get back from Dubai, it's on a pop. So definitely look for it in May. It's going to be called Trust Your Dopeness. It is going to be a different type of... um, I don't want to call... Like I said, I don't know what I want to call it yet, but it's definitely not a seminar or... um, or a workshop. It's not that because it's going to be different than that. So I got to find a dope way to put it. But and then I have a book coming out. The book, look, this is for the men and the women. It's called Don't Trust Her, She's Single. It's a bunch of short stories that I put together based off of me being out in these mean dating streets. Um, late 30s, early 40s. It's real different out there day and and. I had some adventures and some misadventures, though. I had some real good shit to talk about. Um, definitely going to um, talk about the story in love with two men. Yeah, um, I got another story called These Stilettos Was Made for Walking. So we going like, it's a story about being textually assaulted. That's a, the unsolicited dick pic pictures. It's everything. Like, the book is, um, it's amazing. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories that I'm, um, that I've written. I'm tweaking a lot of them now, and then I'm gonna go in the studio next month. Um, my favorite studio, Ace of Space Studio in Willowboro, New Jersey. Like, Ace is, like, best engineer that I have met in forever. Black-owned business. I love being in there because the vibe is everything. Um, y'all gonna catch me on that wall. Ace, you're gonna have to let me get on that wall at some point. I mean, I don't have no bars. I don't, I don't have no bars. Maybe I could tell a story, shit. But I'm going to be on the wall. Um, guarantee you that. That wall is shit. I signed the wall, but I'm going to be on the wall. Um, so I have that going on. So I just I just have a lot of different things going on for you guys. Um, and that's it. That's my story. I think, I, I think I've taken up enough of y'all time. I think it's been 30 minutes. So I want to thank everybody for all of your support. You guys have been continuously supporting me and my inconsistent ass. Um, y'all keep showing up. Y'all keep buying merch. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate you. Um, 
So again, you can check out everything that I do on www.browngirlexperience.com. Um, definitely. Oh, don't forget, guys, we still got cocktails and conversation in the game. So get yourself a game. People that have been playing it, been loving it. I'm going to host another game night soon. I might host it at my house. So I'm not sure how it's going to go yet. Um, I'm remodeling my house. Like my little brother, who I didn't realize had that much talent, is coming next week to remodel my home. He's going to gut my bathrooms, pull up some floors, take paneling off the walls yeah there's paneling on the walls yeah mm-hmm. um but it's coming down it's coming down took me two months to uh, figure out on the color of paint that i'm going to use i haven't bought the paint but i'll do that tomorrow so anyway guys um again i appreciate you you have no idea how much i appreciate you and this is my story I'm the Brown Girl from the Brown Girl Experience, and this is another episode of Shit the Brown Girl Says. Thank you. I adore you, and y'all have a great day. Bye.